Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. It's another edition of Simply Financial. Great to have you along with us today. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios with an office in Pinconning and Saginaw as well, serving all the Tri-City area. You can find us online at insightfolios.com. Tap into the great information that Kevin talks about here on the show on the uh, podcast version of the program. You can listen to past episodes by going to that website, insightfolios.com. Kevin's the co-author of the book Navigating Through Retirement. He was born and raised in Pinconning as well. And we're always so glad to get the chance to chat with him here on the show. Kevin, great to be with you. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, and Pink Conning's doing good. Uh, we're thawing out, and we're going towards the uh, right side of the temperatures. Everything's going forward here, Walter. Before you know it, you'll be on the lake doing a little uh, little fishing, a little, uh, little exploration out there maybe? I'm hoping. I'm hoping to get my drift boat out, to be honest with you, and go do a little fly fishing down the Asabo or and uh, have some fun there too. There you go. Yeah, it sounds like you're already making plans, my friend. I, I am. I've got the, that boat's lonely. It's sitting in, sitting in storage right now. <laughs> the boat is lonely. The yeah. boat is lonely. I love it. I'm I gonna, even got a name for it. I'm going to start. Oh, for the boat? Uh, what is? For the boat, I call it. Uh, well, actually, Dan kind of named it for me because I love – when we go fly fishing, I love to dry fly fish. The other guys, not so much. So they called my boat On the Dry. On the Dry. That's on a cool name dry. for a boat. I like that. It is. It is. On yeah. the Dry. You don't really want your boat to be on anything dry, but... No. That's okay. No, that's, that's not good. It's, it's got a different meaning to it, so... You keep it moving down the river, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> important, important. Yeah, yeah. Well, very good. Uh, we've got a great show on the way today, and we're going to talk about the last 10 years. So this is a really important conversation, actually. So as much as we like to have fun and, and go back and forth here on the show, this is pretty big stuff that we're going to talk about today. The priorities you should focus on during your last decade of earning a paycheck. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, it's a little feature that we do from time to time here on the show called did you see this bringing you some of the weirder financial news stories that we can find thanks to coronavirus kevin french workers are now able to have lunch at their desk believe it or not prior to this year the french labor code prohibited employees from having meals in the workplace because the lunch break is considered sacred in france but in an effort to reduce crowds in restaurants the long-standing prohibition on desk lunches has been temporarily suspended well, I must not be French then, because there's a lot of times I'm eating lunch <laughs> at yes. my desk here in the office, and I never, I never knew that about the French. That's kind of a, that's kind of a different type of news, isn't it? It is. It's a little bit, a uh, little bit different. So I wonder if French productivity will go up because now more people are kind of doing working lunches, eating at their desk, and maybe you know continuing to work a little bit, or if they'll then say that now they didn't get the full rest and break that they needed, and so they were less productive. That'll be interesting. Well, I know maybe it's Italy where they take like a three-hour lunch. Yeah, yeah, or, so, or Spain or something. Spain or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so maybe that's along the same lines. I don't know. Uh-huh. Take but, a little, uh, take a little siesta. You know, that sounds kind of. Maybe we should start. You know, doing that here. That sounds kind of a good idea to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm down for a long lunch break. Yeah. Hey, why why don't we why stop at the lunch break though? Why don't we just call it a day at lunchtime? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See if we can be as productive. Right? Just keep moving the goalposts. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the slippery slope, right? Take more and more time off. Uh, at what point do you kind of say, okay, that's enough, enough is enough? But yeah. 
Then we'll be back to 12-hour days if we did that. That's right. Yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll revert back the other direction, yeah, which would yeah. not be a good thing. So uh, in any event, kind of an interesting little tidbit there. It is. I, I heard that on the news the other day, but I thought, well, yeah, that was kind of a, like you say, interesting tidbit from the different country, what we do different than what they do. Yep, exactly. I wonder how uh, workers who are maybe in their last couple of years of work would feel about that versus – you know, younger workers, I'm sure younger workers are all about, you know, more and more time off. (laughs) (laughs) Folks who are more seasoned maybe are a little bit like, oh, sit at your desk, put your head down to get your work done. They're working for retirement. So they're they're laser focused maybe in those last couple of years. So interesting to to ponder that difference. I I bet you there's a big difference between Mm -hmm. those two age groups. Yeah, probably right. Well, let's talk about those last 10 years of working and the priorities that folks need to pay attention to. Uh, in that last decade of truly earning a paycheck. And so we've got a little checklist, kind of, uh, if you want to call it that, Uh, just some things to think about that really should be in your focus if you're 10 years or less away from retirement. And if you are not doing some of these things that we cover on today's show, well, hopefully this is good food for thought to maybe get you headed in the right direction to start implementing some of these things. Now, the first one's really not all that financial, but it's important. Get healthy if you aren't, and stay healthy if you are. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. You never know when your health could change. You know, at a blink of an eye, you could have some news that's going to you know, take you off your, your track. And I look at it this way. The last 10 years could be just the time you need to start a life change. You know, maybe you're a little bit overweight. You're, you have some other issues that could be worked on. Think about it this way. If you retire, you may have another 30 years or more in retirement. You want to be as healthy as you can. I can tell you from talking to all my clients throughout the years that if you live healthy in retirement, it's going to be a much better and you're going to much better place and you're going to enjoy it a lot more. If this is you, this could be the right time to change your lifestyle. I know it's not easy to change your lifestyle, but if you're 50 years old and you think you're going to retire at 60 and you have 10 years to make small changes in your lifestyle to get you where you want to be in your 60. Now may be the time to think think about that and start implementing those changes. Because I've seen several people throughout my, my career here, Walter, several clients who've done exactly what we're talking about. You know, we had one who had diabetes because he's somewhat overweight and then he took that on and he lost the weight and he was off off um, the medication for that. And there's, you know, several things that you can do. So that's always good advice there. Very true. And I think you're exactly right, Kevin. Staying healthy and uh, getting healthy if you're not good routine to get into. Also, if you can do it while you're still working, then it's going to be really easy to maintain once you retire because as you develop that more free time and able to focus even more on that, it's just going to make that even it's going to make it stick even better. If you wait to try and get healthy in retirement, you're still setting up all new routines. And although it can it can be done, it's one of those things in life that are the why wait, right? Like why procrastinate on this? Get healthy. Stay healthy. Well, the way older we get, the more 10 we say to stick stuck in your ways. ways. Stuck yeah. in our ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. That's good advice. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, make some incremental changes now and they'll pile up when you get to retirement. Uh, another tip, if you're in your last 10 years of working, earning that paycheck before retirement, determine what you want to do with all of your free time. This one we can't underscore enough, and believe it or not, is one of the most overlooked elements of retirement planning, right? It is the most overlooked because people tend to think, you know, when I'm going to retire, and I don't know really what I'm going to, going to do to fill the time, you know, for what I used to work. But there are lots of things out there that I've noticed over the 30 years. Do you have big travel plans? You know, I have clients that take five, six trips per year. They take the extended family. They have a lot of fun. 
Do you have hobbies and you know that you want to spend more time on? You know, do you fly? I, one guy comes to, to mind. He flies airplanes. You know, the 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 model ones with the remote controls. And then he went into the boats on the water. So these things are, you know, time-consuming, gives you some joy. Do you spend a lot of time volunteering? I have several, several clients who volunteer at the church and at the KC halls and those types of things. Or are you like me? Do you like to fly fish? And you, you travel to Montana at least once every year. Or are you like me? Are you a hunter and you like to go to different states and hunt? These are important uh, questions because the activities that you like to do in retirement are going to determine how much money you need to be spending. So one of the first questions when you come into the office is, what are you going to do in retire? And the reason I ask that is simple. We need to plan for that because no matter what you're going to do, it's going to take money. So if you're thinking you can live on $50,000 a year, but by the time we sit down and we figure this out with your hobbies and your trips and whatnot, it's $65,000 a year, we need to plan on that. Don't go into retirement without knowing what you're going to do with your free time, because that could really undo your retirement going forward. Very true. And again, if you have any trouble with some of these planning items that we talk about on the show today, feel free to reach out to Kevin with your questions. 888-885-PLAN is the number. You can call now during the show, after the show, or during the week if that's more comfortable for you. But make sure you do it and don't procrastinate. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call if you need some help. Third tip for you, if you're in your last 10 years of working, start thinking about a post-retirement career. Now, how is this different? And also, this may sound a little odd to some folks. Say, I'm retiring. What do you mean post-retirement career? How's that different than the free time discussion? Well, when you you look at it, if you go cold turkey into retirement, we've had several clients of ours because of the COVID were forced into, you know, early retirement or they, they lost their jobs. So they don't they, they don't want to sit at home. They don't want to watch t- TV, as my one client just put it. They're looking for something with lower stress, part-time, you know, that they may want to do uh, once they get to that point in their career. I just talked to a client of mine the other day. His name is Steve. He worked a lot of overtime for probably 20, 30 years with DTE Energy. At work, you know, he's in the field. He works on the power lines, and he stepped in a hole. I think it was a gopher hole or a groundhog hole but anyway he ended up really damaging his knee and he was off work for almost a year because they had to rehab it and had to do several surgeries and he couldn't go back to work so he's forced into retirement he told me that that was a big adjustment for him not to be on the go all the time so what did he end up doing well he ended up going to work for Lowell's where he where he's living at because as he put it I was there all the time on my off time anyway so he works part-time there <laughs> and now he gets a discount because he built stuff on the side and that's one of the things he said, you know, if I'd have thought this a year ago, I would have never come to mind. But he says, now retirement is great. I'm actually enjoying what I do. I can have a lot less stress-free work. I can help people. And it's something I look forward to doing every day. So if that's you, things are out there for you. Very true, Kevin. And uh, well said on uh, and great story. Uh, enjoy hearing about that. Uh, not the knee injury part, but the uh, finding another way to kind of get back into action and uh, getting some discounts That's, along the way. That never uh, hurts. Yeah, right? the, no, and there's one of the surprises, you know, that come along in life, right? So That's like me as a 21 uh, year old right out of college being able to work at Best Buy and getting, you know, big discounts on electronics, you know, for a 21 year old was always kind of <laughs> kind of fun. Although my salary was so low, I couldn't actually 
buy anything of, of value. That was the double-edged sword of it. <laughs> I was going to say, do you ever get a paycheck or do they just take it for all the stuff you bought? <laughs> pretty much, pretty yeah. much take it. At, uh, you could sometimes get lucky if an open box item or a damaged item that still worked was floating around for too long. You could usually get the bosses to uh, give you a pretty hefty discount because they just wanted to get rid of it at some point. So yeah. you got to look for those opportunities. And we saved a lot on cables. <laughs> so, <laughs> I bet you did. All of my friends who needed cables, I was like, those things have the biggest markup. So let me know. I'll get you some cables. <laughs> so I was I was uh, rich with cables, but not so much with actual TVs or anything like that to connect them to. But but you're popular with your friends. It still felt cool to be able to get you know a ninety percent discount on a cable or something yeah. like that. All right, another tip here is to take advantage of opportunities to save more. I guess one of the good things that government has done is given us some more opportunities as we get older to save a little bit extra well they do and when you are age 50 and older we have what's called your catch-up provisions which allow you to put more money away in your tax deferred accounts your iras your 401s k's your 403b's 457 so forth so at that age you're probably making the most money you've ever made your expenses are probably a lot lower maybe the kids are out of the house and they're doing good your college is paid for house is paid for trucks paid for you've got all your fun stuff, your boats and those types of things. And you're sitting in a position now where you have a lot more take-home pay than you used to. I was talking to a couple the other day. He planned on working for another six years. And while he was working, he says, you know what? I really have, just what we're talking about, the children are doing good. They're out of college, it's paid for. All his debts were paid for. So he was maxing out his 401k. And what he was maxing out, because he was 50 and over, was 25000 per year. That's a little over 25000 per year he could put in. And the employer was matching $10,000 a year, too. So in the next six years, that's $180,000 that he's going to save, not counting any growth in that account. And that's what I'm talking about. If this is you and you're 50 and older and you're in a similar situation, this is a great opportunity to sit down and start the planning process where you can forecast down the road and look down the road. If you save you, you can max out 401ks or you can max out IRAs or whatever it happens to be. I guarantee you it's only going to help you in the future. It's not going to hinder you because you're going to have more money. And that's a great opportunity to take advantage of. A lot of people we talk to in our office, Walter, they're taking more and more advantage of that because of that same situation we, we talked about. Their debts are gone. They have more time. The kids are on doing good. So take advantage of that if you can and put as much money away as you, as you possibly can towards your retirement because it's still your money. Most people think, you know, I don't have the take home, but it's still your money. It's just sitting in a different account. So look at that and see if it can help you catch up. It's always helpful to uh, do that and take advantage of those opportunities for sure. Another tip for you, if you're in those final 10 years of working, that's the important topic that we're covering on today's show. Make sure you're debt-free at retirement. Does this mean the house and everything completely debt-free? Well, when I plan, I like to have no debts because if you have a house payment, you know, let's say it's $1,000 a month, well, then that's $1,000 more a month we got to add into your income going down the road. So we look at paying off debt if we can. Now, if we can't, we're going to build that into the plan. So if you do need that extra money, we're going to build it in there and make sure that's there going forward for you. But debt can make things, you know, a lot harder. We all know that because of the, you know, the interest. And if you have a 20 years to go on that mortgage or you have 30 years to go on that mortgage, 
or you refinanced your car and now you have another six or eight years on that. That makes things tougher when you're going into retirement because that's more money, more dollars that we have to account for in your retirement income on a monthly basis for maybe the next you know, 8, 10, 20, 30 years. So if you can get debt free, I'm always a, a proponent of that, Walter, as we talked in the past. I always sit down and we try to figure out a way to get as debt free as possible before we pull the trigger and before we retire because we don't have that baggage to carry around. If we don't have that baggage to carry around, life is a lot easier. I uh, can very easily identify that from a travel perspective, Kevin. I've taken a few trips in my life where I had a lot of bags and luggage, and boy, it just makes the whole travel thing stressful. And I've taken a few trips where I literally walked onto the plane, not even just into the plane, but into the airport with nothing. Twice in my life, I've done a day, a day trip where I come right back the same day. Actually, no, I think I'm above that now. I think three or four times I've done like a there and back. And uh, two of them have been just sort of for pleasure. So there was nothing to carry with me. So I literally just walked in with my you know wallet keys and <laughs> that's about it. And No baggage. No baggage. <laughs> and it makes travel like really fun and very, yeah. very easy when you don't have any extra baggage to worry about. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good correlation. Yeah. Think about that as dead as that bags. You got to check it and think about it. It's constantly on your mind. You got to keep track of it. When you get to your destination, you got to look for it. Or you can just get on the plane, get off the plane, and move on about your business and not have to stress along the way. So important, something to think about. If you have a lot of debt to your name, uh, trying to start clearing that in your final 10 years of working life. Makes the math a lot easier when you get to retirement, too. It does. Too. It makes a lot. It puts a lot less stress on your portfolio, too. Yeah, very true. Yep. All right, one more. Uh, reduce the risk in your portfolio is our final tip as you get into that last 10 years of working. This is where we start to say, okay, Time to stop riding the ups and downs of the stock market roller coaster, Kevin, and time to start reducing that risk. Does this have to be all at once, or is it a transitional period? How does that usually shake out? It's more of a Geralter. So when people come into the office, you know, Wall Street has done one thing that everybody understands, growth, 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 growth. You know, get your focus on growing that, that portfolio of yours. But if you're 38 years old, that's fine. If you're 60 years old, that's probably not so fine because at 60, you're getting close to retirement and now we need income. So how do you make that change from growth to income? Like you said, we got to pull back on some risk and there are investments out there that produce income regardless of what the market does. And it may be dividend paying stocks, it may be annuities, maybe CDs, whatever it is. But you also still have to have some growth in your portfolio to offset the inflation. So it's not an all or one. It's a more of a gradual thing as you get older. And as we take care of your income needs, you'll see that, you know, some of the risk is going to go away. So if that's you sitting out there and you're, you know, you're investing like you're 20 years old and you're 60 going into retirement, it's time to take a look at your portfolio and time to take a look at how much risk you're taking and see if we have another market downturn and it lasts a year or two or three. What's that going to do to your income going forward? Will you have to go back to work part time? Will you be forced to do that? And that's what most people are afraid of. I didn't do a right thing. I didn't plan properly. And 10 years after retirement, I'm going to have to go back work part-time someplace, and I really don't want to do that. And that's what the planning process is all about. That's what we talk about week in, week out here on the radio, is sit down and do this process. So you know exactly where your income's coming from. You're going to get it from Social Security. Maybe you have a pension. Maybe you have some rental incomes or whatever it is. And on top of that, how do you take what you saved during your whole working career and turn that into an income so regardless what the market does, you're safe or you're you're pretty stable as as far as your income goes 
And that's what this show is all about. Trying to empower you to make smart financial decisions. And that's what our simplicity process does. It's a simple income plan that we put together with people. And it's most of the time when people look at that, they get it and they understand it. And it's the first time they had sort of like an aha moment. Oh, I get it now. And see how you're planning. And you can determine whether investments are in your best interest or not. So don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. If you have an advisor, sit down with the advisor. If not, give me a call and I'd be happy to go through that process with you. It's fairly simple. It's fairly easy and it doesn't take long. So don't procrastinate. Get that planning done because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to. If you've never been through a uh, plan as comprehensive as that before, please reach out to Kevin, have a conversation uh, about your situation, how it can be improved going forward. Here's how to get in touch. Pick up the phone, give a call to 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message. Kevin will be able to follow up with you and uh, make sure that you get on the calendar for a call. And you can do that over the phone, Zoom call, whatever you're uh, most comfortable with and is easiest for you. Uh, Kevin can certainly adjust. 888-885-PLAN is that number. Call now if you want to get a better financial plan in place and get a uh, full customized review and analysis of where you stand. Uh, No cost, no obligation to have that conversation. Again, the number to call is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. More coming up on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. We believe it only takes three steps to build your financial future, and that's it. You shouldn't waste your time getting bogged down by complicated numbers and confusing financial products. Why worry with the minutiae? Three steps is all it takes. Step one, you talk. Step two, we act. And step three, here comes the fun part. You relax. Come in for a visit with our team. We'll listen as you explain your needs, dreams, and desires. We'll then craft and implement a financial plan to achieve your goals. Don't worry. As life happens, we'll adjust your plan. All you have to do is take it easy. Don't make retirement harder than it should be. Schedule your visit with our team. Call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. We're only a phone call away. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. What if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. That's what we thought. Rocking and rolling on another show. This is Simply Financial alongside Kevin Ray. I'm Walter Storholt. Uh, Kevin's your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you throughout the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. Kevin has about three decades of experience in the financial planning world and is the co-author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement. Kevin, let's talk about the retirement pyramid. So let's picture retirement as a pyramid and uh, go through the different levels of planning that need to occur. I mean, I think the concept here is uh, is pretty simple, right? So if a retirement plan is built like a pyramid, we've got different levels that we've got to work our way up with, starting with a really strong foundation, right? Right. The foundation, obviously, you know, the great pyramid of Giza, right? It's been around for <laughs> how many right. years? 5,000, something like that? It's crazy. Amazing crazy, that what they right? were able to build, yes. So when we want to, when you want a pyramid, you want something, I'm assuming, just as strong. So, you know, the first foundation would be, or the first one would be your foundation. It's going to be your needs. So what are going to be your needs in retirement? Well, we got to look at food. We got to look at housing. We got to look at health care, taxes, and all the have-tos, you know, all the have-tos that you, that you pay. 
So we want to make sure in that first level that we're going to take care of all those things. Second level, in my opinion, is going to be wants. You know, there's going to be vacations, hobbies, entertainment, spending time with the grandkids. You know, that's the second level. How do we address that level? And then the third level is going to be more of a state planning type thing. So it's going to be your wishes. How do you want your money distributed? Who do you want it to go to? You want it to get there as tax efficient as possible, those types of things. Okay, all that makes sense. So let's go through in a little bit more detail in each of those levels. So if we're trying to build our retirement pyramid and and establishing that foundation, uh, tell us a little bit more what we need in that base level. Okay, so actually we're talking about the needs. So our needs require what, Walter? Uh, (laughs) Self-awareness. Knowing what we want, right? Knowing what we, well, knowing what we need. And then that's going to take income, right? Right. We need, we need some dollars to cover that. Yeah, we need dollars. So those dollars need to be pretty solid. So that's why it's at the bottom of your foundation. So what would those dollars, what would you put in that, in that foundation? Well, most of the foundation is going to be safety. So where are you going to get safety from? You're going to have a pension plan. That's probably pretty safe. You're going to have Social Security. That's pretty safe. You could add some annuities, but nowadays that's very, very tough because the interest rates are low. Could have some annuities, fixed annuities, because fixed annuities are guaranteed. You can get as high, you can get almost 4% today on annuities. So what do what all those have in common? Well, they generate income on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, whatever type of income you need. Most people are monthly. And that income is always there, so it's always taking care of your needs every single month for you to fill that shortfall that we talk about every single week. So it's really like we have two pyramids. We have the the, the spending pyramid and then the income pyramid, and we're kind of, but they also kind of marry together because they they overlap. the The yes. needs are covered by things that are predictable. You don't want to cover your needs with things that are unpredictable. So we don't want to be relying to pay rent or our mortgage on something that's like really volatile. And so that's why you're not putting stocks and um, you know other equities and those kinds of things into that need category at the foundation of the pyramid. Right, because it, it is a need. So we don't want to fool around too much in the market in those particular places. Once we get that built, we move up the pyramid a little bit. Things change, both in the types of investments and income sources and retirement elements, but so does the need. Uh, we, we've taken care of those needs. So it morphs into, as you gave us the preview a little bit earlier, into the wants. So what are the things that we start to address after we handle that base level? Okay, so we're gonna we address the base level. We got your income coming in every single month, and it should satisfy that. So now comes our wants. So our needs started at all right. It paid for our everyday expenses, our food, housing, healthcare, taxes, so on. But our wants are something different. You know, maybe you have some vacation you want to go on. Maybe you have a hobby. You know, I have several clients now who are flying the uh, remote control airplanes, you know, and those are very expensive. I couldn't believe the price of some of those planes. What about entertainment? You want to go to so many concerts or, or shows or those those types of things. So with that, as long as we have your needs taken care of, now we can start investing in, in more of fixed income, more of core fixed income, some in equities to take care of that because the cost of those things are going to go up year in, year out. So what do we look? Well, maybe we look at mutual funds. Maybe we look at individual stocks that produce dividend income that's pretty predictable. Maybe we look at 
an ETF because why why an ETF? Because they're less expensive and a lot of times they, they can duplicate what mutual funds do. So we take care of your wants that way. We started at a very, very low expectation of return and now with wants we're going to take more of a risk and we're going to think of that long term because long term is where you need to be in the wants. Mm, all good points. I love the, uh, the, the work through of the wants. That's where I'm sure a big bulk of the planning gets spent once you handle that that income level, that, that need level that's further down below. People like talking about the wants more than the needs, don't they? Uh, always. <laughs> always, yes. <laughs> big part of the conversation. Yes. All right, what's the uh, – we get to the tip of the pyramid, I suppose, is our next level. So how does both the income or the investments and the retirement elements change there as well as what does the spending now look like or how do we move on from needs and wants? Well, we get to our wishes, right? Think of this. We started at the base – and we're younger. As we go up the top of the pyramid, we're getting older. So at some point in time, you're going to want to pass on in the best possible way what you have saved to maybe your children, charities, or whatever it is. So what do we look at? So if we're looking at that, typically life insurance. Now, I just heard 10,000 people turned on their radio when I said life insurance, Walter. But you know, if we look at Malcolm Forbes, you remember Malcolm Forbes? No. What was his uh, familiarity? Well, you know, he flew around in hot balloons. He dated Liz Taylor. He was from the Forbes magazine, right? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He bought the single largest life insurance at that time that anybody had purchased. Why would somebody do that? Well, you know, he had a lot of money, obviously, and he figured out, geez, if I take one taxable dollar out of my bank account and I buy a life insurance policy... I could possibly turn that into two or three tax-free dollars down the road. So he bought the single largest life insurance policy for his need of paying the estate tax at that time so he, the children wouldn't have to do that. So that money was, that was part of the reason. That money was set aside to buy one taxable dollar and turn it into two or three taxable dollars or tax-free dollars, excuse me, in life insurance. So when that life insurance paid out, which is just a few years later, it was tax-free. And then we took the ta- or he took the tax-free money to pay the tax on the taxable money. So that's probably what a lot of people are going to do. So let's just say, how do we, how do we interpret that to uh, regular everyday people like me and you, Walter, is we do it this way. Maybe we have a million-dollar IRA, and it's a traditional IRA. So, Walter, is that taxable? All of it, part of it, or some of it, or none of it? The traditional, all of it, right? All of it, right. Yeah. So you're leaving your kids a million-dollar tax time bomb, aren't you? Yeah, you're you're not leaving them a million dollars. You're not. (laughs) So how could you take care of that? Well, you buy a life insurance policy to pay the tax on that when you're done. So you take part of that million and you pay the premium on a life insurance. Again, you can turn one taxable dollar into two or three taxable dollars to take care of that that need that, that when you're gone. Or maybe you want to leave a university, a hospital, whatever it is, money. Or you want to leave a certain charity money. Or you want to leave it all to your kids. Life insurance is a good thing to do and, and, and a good way to take care of that economically. And as long as you're healthy, here's the key, as long as you're healthy, you can purchase that. But that's just part of the estate planning need. So now we need to talk to attorneys, you know, put things in the trust, so on and so forth. But that's how you get through the 
three levels of the pyramid when you work your way to the top is you do it very confidently. You do it with knowledge. You do it. You work with people who have the knowledge to get you there. And then once you're there, you have no more worries because you've taken care of it. Now, not everybody's financial or retirement pyramid ends up looking the same, right? This is the the basic structure, but you know, Jane's pyramid is going to look a little bit different than Bob's when they come in to meet with you. It is, and everybody's different, like you said. So some people, you know, have a million dollar uh, Roth IRA. So th- the things change because that's not taxable anymore, and the the needs and everything we talked about are different for everybody. I'm kind of simplifying it so I can make it easy to understand, but you're right. So there's going to be some some niche planning that's going to be different for everybody, but the key here is to do the planning. That's a great point. I guess the the levels of the pyramid stay the same. Maybe it's the uh, the thickness of each part of the pyramid adjusts from person to person. Someone who, you know, has no mortgage, uh, their need, the thickness of their needs is going to be smaller. We're going to get to the wants faster versus somebody who maybe still has a lot left to pay on the mortgage, maybe some debt to clean up. There's going to be some bigger needs on the bottom of the pyramid that take up a little bit more time and attention during the planning process. But that's why it's important to go through the review and go through that conversation with Kevin and the team. So if you've never had a retirement pyramid kind of analysis done on your portfolio and you'd like to get that done, pick up the phone, give Kevin a call. 888-885-PLAN is the number to set up your time to meet with Kevin. That's 888-885-7526. And you can also go to insightfolios.com to learn more about Kevin and the team and to set up a time to meet there as well. Uh, you can email kevin at insightfolios.com. But again, the easiest way is to pick up the phone, give a call to 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. More to come on today's show. Stay with us here on Simply Financial. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. Kevin, quick question for you today. Uh, what hobby would you get into if time and money weren't an issue? Ooh, that, that's an easy one. I'd love to do archaeology. Archaeology? Um, archaeology. Okay. I'd love to be an Indiana Jones and go dig up stuff from the past. I just always fascinated me. So when I'm watching the Discovery Channel, you know, I just, I, for whatever reason, I just, it just thrills me. And I so what kind of archaeology would you do? Like, you want to look for like human artifacts or you want to do more like looking for dinosaur bones or? Uh, human, okay. gold, all the stuff, you know, the Egyptian's head, you know, all that kind yeah. of cool stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, not, that's pretty not cool. Not dinosaurs. I, has no, I have no interest in that, but, okay. but the human, for, yeah, that's. That's, that would be a lot of fun to me. Interesting. I would never uh, never have guessed that. I took a class in college. I thought it was going to be an easy A, and uh, I liked Italian food. So f- to fulfill one of my history requirements, I took Italian archaeology. Well, one of the most difficult classes I've ever taken in my entire life. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was very tough to survive that class. I can't say I share the same love for archaeology that you do. It just seems very fascinating to figure out how they did stuff 5,000 yeah. years ago. You know, yeah. so. That is cool. Yeah, some of that stuff is cool. How did they get running water and, and the invention of just like, you know, plumbing. Like, it is kind of fascinating to figure out how old cities and, and, and towns, and you know, f- figured that stuff out. That is pretty interesting. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I just maybe get wrapped up in the, okay, here's another plate. Okay, here's what another plate looked like you know, 5,000 years ago. Okay, here's a, a, a quarter inch of a fork that they used to eat. 
you know, once you look at so many images of that, you're kind of like, all right, well, I, I get the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or how, how can they build the pyramids and still standing all these years later? Yeah. Right? All right. So you're and focused we, on like the big picture, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All I'd right. love to dig up something. I just watched something. You want to big England. up a whole town, not just, yeah, you know, yeah. a fork. <laughs> I, and, and I want to go fast. Give me the excavator so I can get in there and get, right. get big holes. Yeah. That's right. Something tells me you wouldn't survive in archaeology. I, I believe it's a very slow process. I, I believe it. Because my you dad. Dust, I, you got to dust the stuff off for days and days and days yeah. to not break it. Yeah, patience maybe not. But my dad and I, we have a metal detector. We'll go out once in a while. That's always fun That's too. That's right. So. Well, the question was if time and money weren't an issue. So the time thing, we can kind of, we can play with that a little bit. A little bit. Mine would be simple. I would say uh, flying. I think it'd be really cool to uh, take flying lessons and and have, and buy a plane and, and, you know, fly around like a personal plane. Pretty high risk though. So I don't know. I don't know if I would fully get into it, but it just seems awesome to be able to kind of, to have that control and fly through the air. I don't know. Be pretty cool. That's number two on my list. Number two, okay. I yeah. have flown a plane when I was a kid. I used to work for the neighbor, and he taped me up and let me fly. So, oh, that's yeah, cool. It was. I don't know why I didn't go. My dad always asked me a question: Why don't you get your flying license? Yeah, hey, well, because you're not an archaeologist. If you were an archaeologist, you could then fly to your archaeology sites. Well, maybe I'll have to do both now. The merge of the two hobbies. See? One makes <laughs> yeah, one. One makes the other easier to do. It gives that, you the that, reason for it. That, so. That's a thing. There you go. All right, we know what you're doing in retirement. Then you're flying to archaeology sites. And uh, renting ex- excavators to dig up the earth and <laughs> find cool things. So yeah. you're going to have an interesting retirement, that's for sure. Very cool. That's getting to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. Uh, financial talk still to come. Stay tuned here on Simply Financial. When you reflect on your life, what would you like to see as your fondest memories? Summers at your favorite vacation spot? Ice cream with the grandkids after their first t-ball game? Of course, those memories are still in the future although they're not as far away as you might think. Be sure you have a financial plan to make them happen. With the proper planning, you can secure a meaningful retirement. We can help you make those dreams a reality. Schedule your visit with our team today. Call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. We want to make memories with you. Get started by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. No need to make things hard on yourself. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Learn a simpler way to invest. Well, before we wrap up for the week here on Simply Financial, I want to squeeze in a quick question from a listener. Marty has a question this week. Uh, if you have questions, you can submit those. Kevin at insightfolios.com is the email address or online at insightfolios.com. Marty says, I've heard that you need to have between 15 and 20 times your annual salary in savings to be able to retire comfortably. Do you think that's accurate? Well, that's a rule of thumb, Marty, and I can tell you the more you save, the better off you're gonna be, obviously. But I can also tell you that everyone is different, and I can give you an example. I have a couple of clients where their pensions are over $100,000 per year. Now, that's you know not many clients, but I have a couple, two or three that are, their pensions are that. So if that's you, Obviously, you know, the 15 to 20 times probably isn't as important as if you don't have a pension. But the more you save, obviously, the better off you're going to be. And 15 to 20 times, maybe the good rule may not be the good rule. The better rule is this. Figure out what your shortfall is. Figure out how much income you need to generate up and above your Social Security and your pensions. Figure out how much you've saved for retirement. And then figure out how do you turn what you saved in retirement into an income stream that doesn't run out before you run out of life. 
And that's the first that's the first step, Marty. And that's not necessarily fifteen to twenty times. In fact, often it's not fifteen to twenty times when I sit down with people. So it all depends on your own personal situation. Obviously, pensions help out a great deal. Social Security is going to be in there. Maybe you have rental income. Maybe you 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 have land contract income. I don't know. But fifteen to twenty times is just a rule of thumb. And most of the time, when I sit down with people, that's not accurate. So if Marty, give me a call. Happy to sit down and go through that example with you that we just went through and see if it works in your particular case. If you need a complimentary, customized, and comprehensive financial plan, uh, Kevin Ray is the person to turn to to get that here in the Pinconning and Saginaw areas, offices in both locations. And you can schedule a time to talk about your situation by dialing 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-885. 7526. Best way to get in touch, 888-885-PLAN. Call that number. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick note. Kevin and his team will be able to get back with you. 888-885-PLAN. Call now, 888-885-7526. Have a great week, everybody. Until then, we'll talk to you next time right back here on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.